now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. I nailed it. Yeah, I did. Hello, people. Happy Friday. Glad you're here. Today is free-for-all Friday. And we're opening up the song with this song. The show with this song. So we're going to sit back for a couple of minutes and shout to the Lord, people. such a good song. Yeah, it is. So sing it if you know it. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us see, power and majesty, 
you imagine? Yeah, you could. <laughs> I had to. I had to play that. That was. That was. That was our beloved dog, Puggy Bear. His bark in a video that I found earlier today, and it was one of the happiest videos ever of him romping down the, down the, um, down the thing. Slope. Slope of the backyard. Yeah. Of course, it's not on the screen, but... I know. Well, you could put it up. I could, but... It's so cute. <laughs> we'll have it memorialized forever. You know, I don't know why I pick a song that I can't sing because it's too high. I gotta... Well, then you sing a harmony. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Anyway. So, hello, people. <laughs> it is Friday. It's free-for-all Friday, and here we are. We're here. We're not door-dashing right now like we have the last couple nights. <laughs> I was uh, I was just on the I was just um, I was just talking to somebody that I uh, signed up for a Legal Shield membership and and uh, can we stop the parking? Oh, is it playing still? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I stopped. Tuggy Bear. It loops, you know. Oh yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was just talking to somebody about um about how we were, we were. <laughs> we, we were door dashing the last two nights. It was very door dashing and swaying to the music. Yeah, we're yeah. geeky middle aged couple. Yeah, um, we are. Yeah, hard to take us serious. That's why we have such a big audience. So door dashing, <laughs> just me and my. So girl. last week we shared about being door dashers, and uh, today I have another door dashing story, and I won't I won't spend a lot of time on this, but. I will tell you, I was just telling this guy um, that I signed up for a Legal Shield membership. I was telling him a story uh, about this week how somebody told me that I should take Chick fil A orders because people who love Chick fil A, Christians, you know, tip big. They, they thought, anyway. I was like, well, that has not been my experience. But so this, this week, it was raining here in uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee, um, in the evening hours between 5.30 and 9, you know, is when I, quote, deliver food for people. And you can choose what to what deliveries you want to make. Um, consensus says don't take anything under $8 because you're not going to make anything. Well, I haven't gotten a lot of orders coming through in my area, specifically where I, like, am located. So I decided to take a couple $4 orders with the with the hope that I was going to get tipped bigger, right? For being on time and having a cheerful attitude, you know, and all that stuff. Um, boy, was I disappointed. <laughs> I had this one order. I was literally right next to the restaurant when the order came through. So I literally pulled in, jumped out, jumped into the restaurant, got the got the food, and then decided that I was going to, you know, dash over to the person's house. Literally less than a 10-minute thing, right? But it was a $4, $4, I made 4 bucks. okay? Now, $4 is not a lot, okay? Um, $3 of that came from DoorDash, and $1 <laughs> was the tip. And I was like, one, $1. Um, so I go, I go up to this place. I think it was Wednesday night. Yeah, it was Wednesday. It was raining, dark. And so I just share this 
because if you decide you want to use DoorDash, here's a couple of tips from somebody now on the other end of the, the thing not ordering. Number one, realize that when you order from DoorDash, whenever you tip that person, the DoorDash driver may, may make $3 more than that tip that you're given. So if you're given a $5 tip, they're going to make 8 bucks. If, if they're driving 10 miles to see you, <laughs> that's not a lot, right? Anyway, long story short, I chose to take this $4 tip because I was right next to the place. I didn't have to drive very far. And then it was like a couple miles to get to this person's house. Well, it was dark and it was raining. And I get to this person's house and it's completely pitch black. I mean, pitch black. And the instructions on there were leave in front of the door. I'm like, okay. Well, as a DoorDash driver, you have to take a picture of the food to make sure that you, do, you know, just, just like Amazon does, right? They take a picture and put it in front of your house or whatever to cover their butt to make sure that you have proof you really delivered it. Because there's, there's people out there who are like, you never delivered it to me. Anyway, so I get, so I, I go up to the stairs and I'm, I'm walking up very carefully through the, you would not believe, first, here's another thing. You would not believe how junky some people's front yards are. I'm just saying people with lots of kids have a lot of stuff in their front yard and you're like, and it's dark and I'm walking through and I'm trying not to trip on anything. And, and, and then I have to go up the stairs to put stuff down there. And, uh, so so I finally get up safely to the, what do you call, the porch, and I find a place, I want to find a dry place so I didn't get accused of delivering wet food, and, and I'm turning around, I'm trying to take a picture of this package of the food, this, and I take a picture and it turns out dark and black because, because they didn't put their porch light on. So tip number one, people, if you're going to order from DoorDash, put your light on at night. Put your porch light on so the DoorDash driver can see. Number two, have have your house numbers like listed with reflective tape or something so you can so people can see them. At least here in Tennessee, it's dark. Not everybody has lights, um, and so you know, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm like, and here's the third tip I have: if you happen to be ordering from some type of uh, company like a vet or an assisted living which i delivered to twice i delivered to a vet and assisted living place then put in the notes by the way this is an assisted living building this is such and such assisted living this is such and such vet put that so the person knows this is a business to look for not like not, not like the number how are you supposed to find it anyway so i found um on the very cheap side that you know, people, some people who order from DoorDash, they don't care. They're like, here's one measly little tip. I'm forced to give you this buck. And <laughs> that's all you're getting, just so you know. I don't care that you went through rain and darkness and you risked your life to leave me my food. <laughs> that's, that's all you're going to get. So I came home. This was, this was, was it Wednesday or Thursday? It wasn't last night. It was Wednesday. Came home. I said to Randall, I said, I want to make two more deliveries so I can make an extra eight bucks maybe if I'm lucky. And he's like, okay, do we have to? And I'm like, yeah, come on, let's do it. It'll be fun. So we, so Randall got in the car because I couldn't see anymore. I just couldn't deal with it. And uh, we go, we're, we're driving by and, and a thing for Red Robin comes up. Boom. It said 8.50. I think it was $8.50. So I was like, this is way more than the four bucks. 
So I was like, okay. So we jumped over to Red Robin. We were literally there like in a minute. Going to Red Robin, get ready to pick the food up. Red Robin's not ready. They're, they're like, go ahead and just wait in the car. We'll bring the food out to you. So we're there for 30 minutes almost waiting for Red Robin to finish that DoorDash order. We waited 30 minutes and I'm texting the customer this whole time through the app. I'm like, hey, they're still not done yet. Blah, 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 blah. On the other end of that was a uh, person, a lady, who clearly understood what DoorDash does. Because she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you've had to wait there a half hour. You know, do you want me to cancel the order? And I can still give you a tip for your time because I know you're losing money. And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll go ahead and I'll, <laughs> I'll wait. And just then the, they came out and they gave me the, the hamburgers. And, and this was like at nine o'clock at night, right? I mean, this is crazy. So then I, you know, I had texted them and I said, please leave your light on. That way we could see where we're going. Cause I learned, I learned like, Hey, tell people to turn their light on. Otherwise you can't see. So anyway, long story short, we eventually get to the person's house and their whole front yard is lit up. So I could see it was a really nice, beautiful house. And, and one of these ones that's steep that has the, the front stairs that you, you're practically on a little mountain when you go up to it. And I was like going up there, delivering this big, huge bag of their food. Um, and then afterwards, I go down and I, I finished out the order that I delivered. And, um, and that customer actually gave us a $13 tip because they felt really bad. And... I hope they never order from Red Robin again because it costs them a lot more money because Red Robin dro dropped the ball. So here's the other thing. Just know if you're ordering food from DoorDash or Grubhub or any place like that, if you don't get it in a timely manner, it's not your necessarily your DoorDash driver's fault. It's the, it's the restaurant. They're supposed to have that food ready for us so that we can bolt out and give it to you as, as fast as possible. So I, I learned some stuff this week. Number one, I learned that that when you make a choice to take a low tip, don't expect a tip higher than that, you know. And I also learned that there are people who get it. And, you know, even though it wasn't her fault that, you know, that that um, that the food was later, um, you know, she gave me a bigger tip because she felt bad for me because she understood that me as the driver was doing this job to make money. And I thought it was interesting. There's these... It was like this polar opposites. There's like people who didn't care about the driver at all. And then people who totally cared. Uh, and uh, isn't, that, isn't that like life? Isn't, it, isn't that like life and how people really are? There are people who, you know, some people care about other people. And other people care about what they can get from people and how they can use and they can abuse people. You know, you got the sheep, you got the goats. You got the heathen of the world. You got the saints of the world. Um, and this came up. I'm, I just bring all this up because num number one, it's a fun story. But number two, um, it's also, you know, in business. Uh, and just so you know where I'm at, I'm a little bit tired. I literally sat today in front of my computer for six hours on a legal shield training. So it was a great training. I had, I mean, it was, a, it was wonderful. I learned a ton, but my eyes are a little bit tired. But, you know, in business as in anything, you know, the Lord says to love one another as Christ loved the church. I mean, 
you know, treat one another like you want to be treated, right? Um, and it, it's interesting that it seems like sometimes, you know, there is, you know, we have, and I'm speaking for myself, I already admitted that I had an attitude before I started doing DoorDash, right? And I will tell you, I've corrected that attitude now being on the other side. In fact, I told Randall, I said, hey, I'm going to order DoorDash this week because I'm hungry and I want to see what it's like to be on the other side. I want to see what my customers are seeing and what they get to rate me on. And um, I actually gave a big, I, I mean, we ordered a meal. It was like $20 or something. And I gave an $11 tip. And I'm not sharing that because I'm so great. I'm sharing it because I get it now. <laughs> I am never going to under tip ever again, <laughs> especially because of that. And it's like, that's true repentance people right there. Uh, and, and I, and, and I get it. So it's like in business, um, I was telling this, this customer, I want to always go above and beyond and do, do more than what it's, it's is expected in my in, in serving my customer, I want to send a thank you note or a little send, uh, send, send a thank you gift. I can tell you honestly, most people I do business with never write me a thank you note. And they'd never sent me a little, you know, gift of brownies or anything like that. But me, every customer I get, they get brownies or some little gift, you know, um, because cause that's how I want to be treated. I want a company to appreciate me, you know. And how much more so as a Christian, right? You're representing Christ and how much more follow his example. He gave his life for us, right? I mean, he laid down his life so that we, he could purchase us, right? I mean, that's pretty, that's a high cost, right? I mean, anyway, all that's safe. So that's, that's my opening. So Randall, you want to, <laughs> you want to come in here and share your experience? Cause, cause you, in our marriage, Randall has taught me to be more generous with, with uh, waiters and waitresses and stuff. And I've always had this attitude about, well, if you don't like it, then get out of that job, go somewhere else. Well, I decided to choose a job that I would normally never do because, because I'm that type. I get bored easy. I've been kind of bored of being on zoom calls and doing, you know, legal shield stuff, Bible news, radio stuff. I'm just kind of sick of all of this. I kind of want to be out there interacting with real people. Not that you're not real, but you know what I'm saying? Just, Face something, to face. Something different. Or so. face mask to face mask. <laughs> well, when I went to Little Caesars last night, I had no face mask and everybody that came in did. And I was because like, it was on the door, a requirement to enter. But. And yet yours truly went in there without one and nobody said anything to me. In fact, mm -hmm. one guy said, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to stand, be standing so close to you. I'm like, that's nah, fine. I mean, do I look like mm -hmm. I care? Because I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> By the way, I did two pizzas last night at the same time, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, and one of them wanted contactless delivery. <laughs> it's like, okay, I've been touching the box. You're about to touch the box. I said, I did use hand sanitizer earlier. You know, what's what do you do? Set it on the set it on the porch, and then they pick it up. And so, you know, how do you do? A, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't touch the pizza they were gonna eat, so you know. Anyway. It was a meaty pizza, too. Was it? From Little Caesars. Okay. I will never eat Little Caesars. Meaty, 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 pizza, pizza? No, I got a food poisoning one time on Little Caesars pizza. So bad that I never, I didn't eat pizza for over a year. 
I was like, never again, ever, never will I ever Oops. eat Caesars. I might now because it's been about 20 years since that happened, but. That was probably one piece of pepperoni and. A million. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It was enough yeah. to make me not want to ever eat pizza yeah. again, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it could be that whoever was preparing pizza that night sneezed and they <laughs> turned their head and one droplet landed on after it was baked, of course, and so. Yeah. So what? So you want to share your experience watching me do DoorDash? <laughs> um, riveting. <laughs> it should be a reality show. Uh, let me uh, get a dog up here in my lap. How many of you would would watch it if I if I did a reality show of me being a DoorDasher? <laughs> I actually right. I actually thought um, it would be funny um, to. Uh, to say the host of Bible News Radio just delivered this to you. Support our ministry. <laughs> In fact, it was so funny. There was this, there was this, this. Um, I was talking to a, a, another DoorDasher. Actually, we were inside the building. I was, I was in a restaurant waiting with another one, and I said, "You're doing DoorDash," and she's, and they're like, "Yeah," and they're like, "You're doing DoorDash," <laughs> and I said. I said, are you stereotyping us DoorDash drivers? <laughs> are, are, are you saying that me as a middle-aged woman don't look like the typical DoorDash driver? Is that what you're saying? Hmm? Just curious. Um, and they're like, uh, yeah, usually this is the type of job for like a younger person. <laughs> I was like, hey, I have seen a lot of delivery drivers in the senior, in the senior population. So, you know, you can do whatever you want, but... Anyway, on a more serious note, let's talk a little bit about some news. Tomorrow, not tomorrow. I don't know if you know this, but Franklin Graham is going to be at the Washington D.C. March uh, prayer march that is being held at the Lincoln Memorial. You know, the one that was defaced earlier this year by Black Lives Matters. Um, the march is going to take a 1.8 mile route or route. Is it route or route along the mall? With participants I've heard st both ways. stopping at seven specified locations to pray for our nation and our leaders. And although COVID-19 has put a damper on many scheduled evangel evangelistic events this year, Franklin is asking those who attend the march in person, as well as those watching online, to gather together in an intentional time of prayer. <clears throat> so just out of curiosity, how many of you guys have been following... Um, this because they're expecting tens of thousands of people to go on the, the national mall tomorrow. Um, and this is what the article says. America is in trouble and in distress, but we have hope. Our hope is in almighty God said Franklin in explaining the timing of the prayer event. This is why we are asking men and women across the country to join together and do the most important thing we can do. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our families and churches can show all of Washington and the nation that we believe in the power of prayer and need more of God in America, not less. Our hope isn't in Republicans or Democrats. Our hope is in God. Yeah, it is. And then he says, it's not the importance of where we do this. It's just that we stop and pray. So far, people from all 50 states and several U.S. territories have RSVP'd 
to the attend the march in dc while thousands of others around the world have committed to participate via live stream so anyway yeah so th that's tomorrow um and you can go to i'm not prayermarch2020.com and you can participate in that you can look for the specific prayer points i don't know if you're like me i've been getting emails from my actual church about this um <clears throat> And seriously, on a serious note, we really should be doing this anyway. We we need to be taking time to pray as the church. And, you know, I know it's been said by some of some of my fellow friends and stuff that um, that we, you know, that this election is probably the most important election in the history of America. Um, this has been said numerous times in my lifetime, but honestly, this time, I really believe that it could be the tipping point for real. Um, I don't completely trust President Donald Trump right now. I'm not going to, I mean, but I, there's no way I would vote for Joe Biden ever, not especially because of his running mate. Um, and Mike Pence is a very good running mate. Um, I, I like him and he's cool. Um, and Pastor Tommy actually sent me a Make America Great Again hat which actually is downstairs in, on my kitchen table. I forgot to bring it up here. But, um, but yeah, vote Trump, people. <laughs> I mean, we're voting for the best candidate we can. And if, honestly, he's the one to vote for. Well. Um, and, and, you know, and then the other big news is that he may be picking um, the Supreme Court nominee tomorrow. And many people, including the Drudge Report, are reporting that it could, he is expected to nominate uh, Amy, Amy Barrett. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, who's only 48 years old. But if you can imagine, um, you know, her being on the court, the court's going to tip right. Yeah, it is. And Lord willing, nobody will be a flip-flopper or bought off in any way. Uh, and it could be, hopefully, the beginning of maybe the end of abortion in our country, as well as some other things. So we'll see. Yeah, interesting. You know, I like the idea that she's, uh, you know, strict constitutions or originalist, as they say. Originalist. Yeah, that, you know, there's this crazy, wacky idea that the Constitution should be interpreted, interpreted in, you know, in context of the original meaning as it meant to the writers. Mm. And, um, crazy, you know. You know, the Bible, we can just take and forget what it meant in the original context. And uh, <laughs> we can morph that. You know, who knows? Anyways, it's so old. And, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious, of course. You know, even, even, in, even in Christendom, people have no problem twisting the, the Bible and, you know, what it means to you today. Forget what it meant in context and it meant to the writers and all that. You know, it's what it means to you now. Um, but here we've got... Well, that's the influence of psychology you know, in, in here, the church. That here, here, what does this mean to you today? Here we've is... got a document that's <clears throat> that's a little over 200 years old, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, well, forget. what, And it's not written in ancient Hebrew or, you know, Koine Greek. It's written in English. 18th century English, mind you, but I mean, it's. I mean, we've got plenty of supporting material to know what words meant 
200 years ago. And, you know, somehow there's this, you know, this idea that it should be interpreted and how we want to interpret today, what it means today, because, you know, you know, the the nation has changed and we're different people now. So we, yeah, well, we then, then we're more, we're more secular now than we were. Then write, years then ago. write a new document. That's well, what's, they what's do. nice. They were, they're just rewriting stuff. But, but <laughs> against the way the, you know, why have a constitution at all? You know, the idea of, a, you know, the constitution, it gives the framework for amending it. You can rewrite it completely, which it. It has been rewritten in portions over the last two centuries, mostly, mostly during the first, um, um, eight, nine, yeah, a little bit, yeah, I'd say mostly during the first and a little bit into the beginning of the second century of the document, uh, you know, it gives, it gives the, like any good, um, charter of a business you know or um um you know articles of a business you know that or an organization gives in there embodied in that our rules for modifying the rules and they're in there but but of course it's too hard yeah it's crazy yeah. i've seen um hey this is free for all friday yeah and i got something i want to say after you get done um, By the way, we should say hi to people. Barb is on YouTube. Hey, Barb. Hi, Barb. Our pillar. Tracy was on Facebook of, earlier. Of the community. Tracy. Hi, Tracy. And then Mia and Natasha and um, Daryl and a couple of other people were over on Periscope. <laughs> we have very low numbers tonight, people. That's okay. That's right. We track the, the remnant. <clears throat> We should call this Remnant Radio. I don't watch television, yeah, yeah. But I caught a clip earlier. I forget what network. I don't know whether it's CNN. Don Lemon is he on CNN? I, I think know. so. Yes. It was Don he, Lemon, Chris Cuomo having this? Don anyway. is gay, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, in case you didn't know that, he came out as gay not too long ago. And uh, you know, talking about you know how we need to get rid of the electoral college because it's so antiquated, and he's not alone in that. And that, well, and Chris Cuomo says, well, that's going to be hard to do. You know, it takes, you know, because that's going to require an amendment. And he's like, well, Biden will be elected and he'll stack the court, you know, and, and get that. And it's like, he's got this concept that the Supreme Court can somehow amend the Constitution. <laughs> I'm like, um, might want to go back to, you know, high school uh, U.S. government class. Um, but you know, yeah, there's this rather than, you know, I think it's symptomatic of what a lot of people think that we can just, we can decide and we can just by, you know, we can just decide that we're going to do things different or we, we can go to court like we've seen in the Supreme Court, forget what the states have, have decided and put into their own constitutions or in their own laws. You know, uh, the Supreme Court can come along and say that's all null and void, and 
And so the, you know, the impression is that the Supreme Court is the executive branch. <laughs> legislative, well, the legislative is the, or the, the, the judicial branch is the legislative and the executive branch rolled up into one. They can just, no matter what Congress decides or what's, you know, executed by the executive branch, that the, the judicial branch can just come along and make up stuff and that course. Anyway. And I and I kind of wanted to talk about the Electoral College because uh, uh, I think it's MSN that's reporting. Big surprise. Well, 358, um, that's an organization, or 538, excuse me, which stands for the 538 electoral votes that there are. Anyway, they, they're forecasting Biden winning. Of course uh, they by, are. By, this is liberal media. By 76.7%. And anyway. And so, you know, for those who may not really be familiar, well, the Electoral College is so stupid and so antiquated, whatever. Um, mm, no, there's a reason. There's a good yeah. reason for the Electoral College. Yeah, and I Our wanted... founders were not stupid people. Yeah, they were smart people. They didn't want mob rules, just majority elect, right. and they didn't want you know anything like well, just um, uh, where just uh, regional people decide. So they they came up with this brilliant hybrid that that. That it a majority of uh, voters in a state in a region really elect their electors vote and and their electors vote and the so it's it's a compromise between regional and just just majority and why that's important I wanted to share a couple of uh, maps here if I might sure but while you're getting that ready. I should add, people, that I want to answer Natasha's message to me from earlier this week. Natasha actually um, has an interesting question about homosexuality. And there is also an article over on prophecynewswatch.com titled, The Biden Plan to Transform the United States into the LGBTQ Nation. So once Bareface is done explaining the electrical the electric, electric, electric. the electric company how many of you guys do you remember that show that used to be like my favorite show as a kid forget sesame street the electric company <laughs> uh anyway i digress and if you don't know what the electric company is because you're too young go go to youtube i'm sure you can find an episode and the new zoo review as well that used to be i love that the, the, it's the new zoo review yeah been corrupted people anyway all right so bareface is going to give us a political lesson and he's going to put up a map that looks like a sex predator map huh. of america because <laughs> in case you haven't seen the sexual predator map is all red everywhere there's a red dot there's a sex predator well this map is similar so <laughs> uh, okay there we go you know we're talking about red states blue states <laughs> Uh, this is by county and the United States in 2016 election. Of course, the darker the red, you know, it's complete like Republican vote and a darker blue is, you know, 100% Democratic vote. And what we see, and, and let's see, 
um, let me show the cursor. It says cursor, but it's really pointer. So you should be able to see my pointer. The only place that we have really dark blue is um, there's a section here in South Dakota. There's a section here in, well, it's not quite, it's, it's a little purplish. Uh, there's some, there's an area here in Georgia, a couple areas in Georgia that darker blue. There's the, there's the dark blue here in, uh, Mississippi over this way. And, um, uh, I'm not seeing any of the decidedly dark blue. I mean, even, um, even here in LA County on the West coast is a purplish, you know, it's mostly blue, but there's some shades of red in there. Hawaii, you know, is bluish state, but it's like a blue-gray because there's... And then there's places that are totally a mix, like the whole state of Alaska that comes out gray because it's just kind of split, you know, in the, by county. So... Uh, but we've got some areas, well, not surprising, in Nebraska and Dakotas and Wyoming, you know, that are, and, you know, in the southeast, there are some decidedly dark red uh, counties. There are, like, more dark red counties than there are dark blue counties, you know, that are decidedly Republican versus Democrat. So anyway, so you look like that, and you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. There's some pinkish and some grayish that a lot of counties are just a mixed bag of, you know, voters, you know, uh, both sides of the aisle, like Alaska, which comes out completely gray because, um, so anyway, what does that mean? Well, you see, well, there's a whole lot of red, but of course there are less populated areas. Well, there's some blue and then. So, you know, who should be the leader of this nation? You know, it's in the, that's why we have House of Representatives that represent, anyway. Long story short, you know, when you come to the chief officer, chief executive officer, which is really what it is, nation, you know, how do you side that vote? I mean, this would be kind of difficult here. Well, there's way more Republican counties than there are Democrat counties, even deep red there's far more deep red than there are deep blue, but there's some mostly blue. There's some, anyway, so that if we went by sheer popular vote population, it'd come out Democrat. But as you see, I mean that's in just in high centers of population, and just uh, like half a dozen dark blue counties. Um, you know which would regionally which would call the shots, you know, make the decision for the entire nation. Uh, just a few, you know, pockets of high population density. That's popular vote. But that didn't seem right either. Like, I'm going to take this off for a moment. I mean, um, suppose that, um, you know, suppose that, um, I don't know what state you're in. I mean, let's say you're Illinois. Should the people in... Uh, <laughs> I just think your headset looks funny on you. Yeah, should, doesn't it put a one if you think the headset looks funny on Randall? <laughs> I mean, should I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at him, but I mean, should the I'm trying to think. Um, it's my job to mock my husband. Illinois, name name a city in the south of Illinois closer to Indiana. Um, 
I got a D in geography, so anyway, this I'm, is done, and, and I'm a I'm DoorDash just... driver. If it wasn't for GPS, I would get lost. Uh, Urbana, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, so, you know so should everybody in Chicago make decisions for people in Urbana? You know, you know or, or Nevada, say everybody in Las Vegas should decide, you know, what happens in Reno or Sparks, you know, except whatever happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. So that's a bad example. But anyway, <coughs> so when you break all this down, you know, by... You take all those counties, red counties, blue counties, and you take the votes, you know, uh, the popular votes within those regions, then you come up with a, a, um, a, uh, you know, a balance of that. And so this is the way it came out. Isn't that a cool map? Yeah, it is. You know, California is a very popular state, so they have 55 electoral votes. In New York, very popular state. So, you know, it's got 29 uh, electoral votes. Illinois, again, Chicago's there. One city in the whole state that's really populous. And, you know, metropolitan area. So, anyway, 20. Um, Florida has some really big cities. Um, so, 29, etc. But so when you, you know get to the electoral college level then you've got uh you know this nice balance of regional versus pure strictly majority vote if it was still it was pure strict majority vote you would end up with um you would end up with you know just pockets of high um you know uh you know, metropolitan areas that decided the presidential election, which would be not representative of the nation as a whole. And, you know, uh, you know, rural, suburban, or, you know, otherwise. And because there are even some um, cities that lean red, you know, reddish, if we look at the other map, uh, rather than bluish, and so you know, for for big city dwellers to decide the president, you know, that's that's not right. And even in the um, you know, even in early uh, early America, when the Constitution was written, they saw that because there was New York City, you know, there was the Boston, there were the big cities where there were high concentration of population. But there are also a lot of farmers and things like that. And so they could see that if, if it was just by popular vote, then, then a, a vast regions would be unrepresented. And so it was like, okay, popular vote is important, but to temper it a little, uh, let's do this thing where... Um, you know, the popular vote wins the region instead of the whole country. So then that region is represented, right? Because the most people in that region, in this case states, you know, the most people in that state decided that their state is for whatever candidate. And to me, that's that's pretty brilliant, but... And then people who want to eliminate that and just go to strict popular vote want, <laughs> ultimately what they're saying is that 
small, really small regions of the country should decide the president for the entire nation. And I don't think it's a great idea. What do you think, Stace? <laughs> well, I think that uh, we should make America great again. <laughs> and um, my hair is so oh, you big, do. people. <laughs> Doesn't that hat look funny on her? No. It, it does. I think it totally looks funny on me. Because I don't wear hats very much because my hair is so big. And this has a adjustable Velcro thing on the back. But... We are a 501c3, and, and we're endorsing. <laughs> we are declaring that I personally am going to vote for Donald Trump to make America great again, people. Yeah. All right. So my question, uh, actually, Natasha had a question. And the question that Natasha asked, and I don't see her in there, so hopefully she'll come back. Um, Natasha said, I have a show topic idea. May, you may have already covered it. I've had a few friends now who are either living or now divorced from their spouse who came out as gay and lesbian. This is after years of marriage and children. Um, and then she says some other things that I think are personal, so I'm not going to share that part. But I, I, I have my hair stuck to the Make America Great Again hat, trying to keep it on my head because my hair is so fluffy, people. We know that, right? Anyway, so... You know, it's a, uh, the homosexual topic is interesting and it is pertinent to the election discussion. Um, and, you know, we have addressed uh, the issue of homosexuality and the sin of homosexuality and the marketing of homosexuality to America. Uh, we have a 10 or 11 part series on our YouTube page under the title, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, um, where we talk about how the marketers, were, which were homosexual, who actually, you know, put out that plan, how they marketed it, right? And, you know, one of the interesting things is, is that they have on purpose um, ignored the devastation of people uh, of what happens to people when somebody who's confused by their gender uh, sexual preferences and desires, or they can't control them, let's put it that way, or they choose not to control them for the holy purpose of uh, being sanctified to the Lord, um, <clears throat> then, then that creates destruction. I mean, the sin of homosexuality was punishable by death in the Old Testament. Uh, it was mentioned in the New Testament as being an abomination. There's the, the scripture is clear. There is no ambiguity about that issue, period. Just like there's no ambiguity about sexual immorality, heterosexual, you know, sin as well. There's, 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 there's no gray area. Okay. God drew the line. He made the, he made the parameters to have sex within marriage between one man and one woman. So what happens when somebody is married uh, they get married to somebody of the opposite sex, they have children, they have a family, and then one partner decides to come out as homosexual. What happens? So there's a couple of scenarios that take place. Number one, um, you have a person who was disingenuous and lied about their true feelings at the beginning of the marriage. Maybe they actually even told their partner, oh, by the way, I, I feel 
you know, sexual attraction to the other, you know, to my own gender, right? Maybe they did. Maybe they revealed it, but they thought, well, you know, this is the politically correct thing to do, the right thing to do to get married. And then they go ahead and they do it. And they're, you know, miserable, the marriage, and eventually they just decide to embrace, quote, their true self. Okay? That, that could be. There are people that have um, done this and come out and they basically said, you know, forget it. I don't care that I'm going to destroy my kids, my family, my wife, my husband, whatever. And they've come out and they've just gone off the deep end. There's people like that. Um, there are people who claim that they get help. They go to therapy. They deal with it. And then they get ticked off at the therapist world and they say, well, therapy didn't help. I'm really born this way. There's nothing that can really help me. I did everything that I was supposed to do and I'm still feeling this way, blah, blah, blah. And they don't really take, you know, personal responsibility that way either. Because at the end of the day, we have to make a choice and it's just not sexual. Uh, the biggest battlefield that any of us ever have to deal with, frankly, is the mind, our mindset. I mean, um, I'm not the first person that says the battlefield is in the mind. Word of God says that, basically, that <clears throat> God has given us the power to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And there are people who choose to go against God's word as Christians. And I would say, and actually, you know, I will share share this, actually. It's very interesting I that I had this happen this week. Um, some of you um, may know who Pam Gillespie is. Pam is a precept uh, teacher, Bible teacher. She writes Bible studies. And it was about 10 years ago or so um, I was introduced to her because um, I had Jan Silvius on the show. And if you don't know who Jan is, she wrote a book called Fool Foolproofing Your Life. Uh, she's a popular woman of faith speaker and a Bible teacher with Precepts Ministries and and all around great lady. I love her. I mean, I've had uh, the blessing of being coached by her at one point and just an older woman giving a younger woman <laughs> good solid biblical counsel and real help um, that was completely godly based completely on scripture because when you surround yourself with people in God's word, you're going to build yourself up in God's word. But if you're surrounding yourself with people who are fighting God's word, you're going to end up being around people who are going to be dragging you down spiritually. And so um, this week, Pam, she's doing a 50-day uh, reading through the Bible um, thing um, that she invited me to. And and so every day she has a um, on um in the morning, there's a, there's about a half hour, 45 minute period where those of us in this program get on Zoom together and then we go dark and we read the Bible and then we come back and we, sh we talk about what we read. It's really cool. And I, I, I might implement this with, with Bible News Radio at some point. But anyway, on Wednesday, there's a Bible study. And so I'm going to this Bible study and in, in the Bible study, um, she's, at, she's inviting somebody come and share their testimony about how they walk with the Lord and how, you know, reading the Bible, becoming familiar with scripture, how the Bible has been really important. Well, Jan Silvius was that person this week and I hadn't heard Jan in years. And, um, it was such a blessing to be there with 15 people. And here's this woman who is nationally known and, you know, 
my husband told me, pulled my mic. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's this woman who's, who's nationally known, was a woman of faith on tour, just has numerous books she's written, which I recommend all of them. Um, and, and me and like 15 other women sitting here listening to Jan's counsel and her journey of being in God's word. And she said something. Um, I, I posed a question, and this is getting back to the, the, the gay issue. I posed a question. I, I asked her, I said, can you speak to the issue of Christian celebrity and, um, you know, putting, uh, you know, watching Christian leaders fall like, you know, Robbie Zacharias. I mean, if you haven't been, uh, following the Christian compost website, and I do say that, um, you know, and, and some other websites, you might not know that Robbie Zacharias, one of the world's most renowned Christian apologists, he has been outed now as somebody who had a sexting affair when he was living. It's tragic. This is like one of the most highly respected Christian apologists in the world, somebody who I love his work. And, and Jan actually made the comment that, you know, these people do teach us biblical things and we see people fall and stuff. Well, you know, and she said the, the larger they are, the harder they fall. We've seen this a lot. And it's not just him. It's a lot of people. But here's the other thing she, she said, and this ties back to the issue of somebody who decides to get married knowing that they're struggling with their sexual desires. I'm not going to say orientation because I think that's a load of crap. I think that a sexual orientation is a made-up marketing term to... Uh, give people the opportunity to decide that they can be something that God created them not to be. Um, God made us male and female. They're, they're, and he gave us sexual desires. It's your choice what you want to do. But if you choose the wrong gender, then that ain't your orientation. That's, that's your choice to sin in that direction, you know, and you're extremely selfish. Homosexuality is one of the most narcissistic, selfish uh, lifestyles out there. Uh, because, and I'm talking the active person, okay? I'm not talking somebody who's struggling with this. They're not actively out there gay and promoting and, and all that. Somebody who is just being flat out defiant, uh, like what Natasha was writing about, that is one of the most selfish, narcissistic, self-centered things. And, and every person that I've ever known, uh, who's, who's been honest with me anyway, about where they're at has been that type of person, every single one to the T, every single one, whether they identify as gay, lesbian, or bisexual at the core of those people is a narcissist who cares more about themselves than God because they spit at God because they will not look at his word. So what Jan said, going back to that, I know I'm going all over, but hopefully you can follow me. So Jan said that, you know, you got to judge people by their fruit, right? And if a person is willing to give up a marriage and they're willing to destroy the confidence of their children and break the heart of their spouse for a for an illicit sexual affair with the, with the same sex or even, frankly, the opposite sex, then what does that say? I mean, what does that say about who that person is at the core if that's the choice they choose to make without, um, without repenting? 
right? I'm talking the unrepentant person. I'm not talking somebody that's going to repent. Um, those people who do this and they, they know that they're going to lean that way, they willfully choose to do it. Randy Thomas is one of these people. Randy Thomas was the face of the anti-gay movement for a very long time. He was the vice president of Exodus International until him and Alan Chambers and some others decided to take down that ministry with their lies and basically go out. I mean, it is sad and tragic. So Jan says you got to bear look at the fruit. So here's the fruit. If somebody always thinks that they're right about something, right, and they can never admit or, or say that they're wrong, then that's that's fruit. So they can say they're a Christian, but if they're telling you homosexuality is okay and they're claiming to be a Christian and they won't stand to reason and actually look at what God's word says, then then that's one that's that's being a fool. Number two, they're not they control with anger, and the anger can be passive aggressive anger, which as a therapist explained to me many years ago, being passive aggressive is like flipping somebody off with your hand behind the back, right? You're doing all these things, and I can tell you there's a number of our friends on Periscope you know personally who are that way. They do that. number, And then the third thing is, is they are not, um, they're not teachable in anything. They might act like it, but at the core they're not. Because if you can take, that's right here. If you can honestly look in the scripture and you can read passages about sexual immorality and tell me that God approves of homosexuality, then you're calling God a liar. First John uh, chapter 1, verse 10 says that. In fact, you should go read First John 1, 8, 9, and 10 in context. Because these people all say, well, I can confess my sins. I'll, God is righteous and just forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What they don't read is verse 8, where verse 8 says that do not be deceived. God is, you know, you know, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And, you know, if, if you're calling God a lie, if you're, if you're saying you're without sin and these, these people here are, are saying that homosexuality isn't a sin. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. It is. It, it was a sin in the old Testament punishable by death. That's how serious it is. So they're, they're saying homosexuality or they're saying, well, I'm not, I'm without sin. There's nothing wrong with me. I can do this. Well, according to verse 8, you're deceiving yourself. And then verse 9 says, God's character. He's righteous and faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then verse 10 says that you're calling God a liar if you don't believe this. You know, and so I know this is a long... <laughs> Have I lost you, Randall? Randall's like, are you done yet? Well, anyway, my point is that that when I heard Jan speak this week, that she confirmed something in my heart about what I'm seeing in the church. Um, and that is that, that there's a lot of people around you that are saying that they're Christian. But here's the thing. 
you can judge by the fruit, but here's the thing. If they are a Christian who, who never opens the Bible and they're never pointing you to, towards Christ, they're not pointing you, pointing you towards holiness. In fact, you try to get them in scripture and they ignore you. They won't, they won't read it or they'll pick and choose, cherry pick things and then they'll make it say what they want because they're not busy studying it or reading it in context. Then I can safely say, and this is what Jan basically said, is that they're not, they're not a believer. They're, a, they're not a believer. And frankly, there's some of you out there, and I know who you are. You're pretending to be believers. You've tried to bring this ministry down behind the scenes. And you know what? It's not going to happen. I've left you for Christ. I am not going to put up with your apostate, hard, wicked heart that decides you want to stay in sin. Not going to do it. I've chosen Christ over you, and I will continue to. And I just hope and pray at some point you will repent because I don't want you to go to hell. And you know what? Whether or not you want to agree with it or not, that's what this book tells you. And one day, hopefully, you'll see that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not, you are not loving as a Christian if you're, if you're not telling people the truth. And God's word, God would not be, the, the God of scripture is the most loving God ever. Why? Because he is the God who told us how to live life, and he gave us a book with full of instructions to follow. And he told us what would happen if we don't follow those instructions. And frankly, most people in the gay lifestyle, they don't follow the instructions. You know, I don't personally know why, and this is just a slight rant, I don't know why somebody would identify as gay first before Christian. So, you know, the whole gay Christian movement is a load of crap because there's nothing gay about being a Christian. Uh, there's, there's nothing gay about being homosexual, right? And, and the gay Christian doesn't give a crap about God's word at all because if they did, they would repent and they would do what they can to become holy and be Christ-centered instead of so self-absorbed and self-centered. And, you know, I will commend to you my friend Darren and uh, Rhoda Mel, who, who've come on this show, and, you know, Darren has shared his testimony of coming out of homosexuality. He is one of the most sweet, godly men I know. He's one of the most real people that I know who've ever actually um, been in, you know, the, the gay lifestyle and actually repented and turned from it and has worked on his marriage, worked on himself, and is really, I mean, he's been vilified by people because he's taken a stand because he's read the book. And you know what? You can't get through being a Christian unless you read the scripture. That's why I love the Daily Disciples group we have set up. Because every day now, twice a day, we have somebody in there reading in the word of God to you and edifying everybody around there. And, and I'm just going to say this flat out. If you're not surrounding yourself with Christians who are in God's word, get, get rid of them. You know, you can witness to people and all that, but if it's time getting back to America, you know, if America is going to repent, it's got to begin with the church. And if you're hanging out with lukewarm, fake believers or carnal Christians who aren't in God's word, get don't hang out with them because they're not building you up in the faith. They're ripping you down and they're caring more about what the world says than what God says. You know, Kay Arthur, who I absolutely love and adore, um, you know, Kay Arthur uh, has made this comment. I don't know if this is what will happen when we get to heaven, but it's something to think about. She, she said, she said numerous times, 
when, you know, we stand before the Lord on judgment day, believer and unbeliever both. And God gives us an account, you know, tells us to give an account for what we do. How are we going to answer if he asks us how well we knew his word as a Christian? You know what? There are 66 books in the Bible inspired by God. They were written over a period of 1,500 years or so, give or take, on four different continents, I think it was. And they have a three. three different continents, and they have a unified message as well as written in numerous languages, and yet there's no contradiction, no error. They, you know, they point to Christ Jesus as the Messiah. It's historical science, um, you know, amazing book. There's nothing ever in the world. The Bible can't be destroyed. People have tried. People have tried to disprove this book, become defenders of it, and more, okay? So how are you going to answer that question if Jesus says to you, well, did you ever study the book of the Bible of Romans? Did, what does Romans say? What are you going to say? I know I think about it. Kay Arthur basically has, uh, you know, made the comments about, um, you know, you know, how are we going to do this? <laughs> you know, I mean, no something, you know, there's there's no excuse for not opening God's word and reading it. There's there is none. If you can't read, you can listen to it. There's a lot of audio Bibles out there. I mean, I, you know, I could point you to some. There's some free ones out there. You get a mobile app called YouVersion. You can put it on your phone and listen to it. Anyway, I want to read one other quick thing, and I know we're kind of over our time, but uh, getting back to the election, though, and the gay issue. Over on Prophecy News Watch, it says the Biden plan to transform the United States into the LGBTQ nation. It says here, the conventional wisdom of the American chattering classes at the moment seems to be that Joe Biden was the moderate, middle-of-the-road choice for Democratic primary voters, not too communist, uh, not too radical, and not too unsettling for, for the working-class voters that voted for Trump in 2016. The logic of this seems to be primarily based on two factors. First, Biden is old, although I don't think he's older than Donald, is he? I mean, Donald Trump is old. In fact, Donald is our oldest president ever. Anyway, in fact, at times he appears to be visibly aging before our eyes as he muddles through TV segments that are intentionally short but seem inter interminably long. The second factor is that he is not Bernie Sanders and thus does not have baggage the size of Cuba or the former Soviet Union. But it's important to remember that Joe Biden is not simply some geriatric and defanged old school liberal who will serve as a respite from Donald Trump for the next four years. He's a politician who has been on the cutting edge of mainstreaming the sexual revolution for years, and we should not be fooled by the fact that he appears to be a singularly unthreatening figure. Exhibit A is Biden's most recent endorsement, which came from the National Center for Transgender Equality Action Fund. In a Tuesday press release, Executive Director Mara Kessling was positively effusive. Joe Biden is the advocate and president we need at this consequential moment. He has the temperament, the experience, and wisdom to lead our country. Throughout his career in public service, work as a private citizen through the Biden Foundation, and now his campaign to lead our nation, Biden has demonstrated his commitment to transgender people and the LGBTQ community. Biden has a strong agenda for addressing the issues that face transgender Americans, a record of getting big ideas done during his time as vice president in the Obama-Biden administration, and a history of ensuring that transgender people are protected, including protections for transgender women, as part of the reauthorization of the Landmark Violence Against Women's Act he authored. 
Over the years, he has consistently made clear that transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. With Joe Biden, we know we will be engaged, we will be seen, and we will not be erased. And then uh, he goes on to say, last year, in fact, Biden was interviewed by her for the transgender lobby group's Transform the White House project. During the interview, Biden told Kessling that people of faith, including Jews, Christians, and Muslims, need to get on board with the transgender agenda already. After all, he certainly has. Predictably, he also condemned Trump for rolling back transgender rights, stating that the idea that someone can tell you that you can't be who you are in your heart and soul is just wrong. Biden's campaign has already responded to the endorsement with his LGBTQ plus vote director, Reggie Greer, stating that in part, on behalf of Vice President Biden, our campaign is deeply honored to have the National Center for Transgender Equality Action Fund's endorsement and partnership in this election. Anyway, it goes on, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is, if this is what this man feels is so important to promote, let me ask you something. Why would a man want to cater to less than a percent of the population that is so screwed up in their head that they actually seriously want to, you know, they want to change their body. They want to physically cut off their breasts or their penis or something. And they want to just, you know, do all this crap. Why, why would, why would a president give a crap about less than 1% of the population and not cater to the so-called big, huge, large Christian population of the United States? To me, that is half, you know what, backwards. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, except for the fact that if that's the deviance you want to promote, that's what you promote, Randall. Yeah, it's obviously not a matter of votes. He's not obviously not interested in gaining that vote because it makes no difference in an election. Yeah, I mean, even if you go with a wild, you know, even if you go with the wild estimate of four percent of the population, which is not not accurate at all uh i mean if you go with even yeah with all sorts of the lgbtq you know xyz plus roll them all into one you're still talking uh, a slim a slim portion of the population so he's obviously not interested in winning their vote because that's that wouldn't push him over the edge um in any kind of election unless it was you know um election on a you know and in a building or something, but right. you know, and on the national scope, it's it's inconsequential. So the only reason to cater to them would not be for the votes, but because he really, you know, champions it and and well, you really know, is, is, Bar you Barbara's know, saying the transgender push is driven by the antichrist spirit, in my opinion, the satanic hmm. inversion. Yeah, I mean, it complete. I mean, it is. It's completely a mockery of attacking the image of Christ and and people. Mm -hmm. That's the whole the whole LGBT thing is a complete attack on the fact that we are the only creation God made in His image. image right. And so, how can a Christian, a gay, lesbian, bisexual Christian, how can they val how can they explain that? Bareface. I mean, how is that? They they can't and. And for those of well, you haters, you know, people, who they are, whatever. I mean, this is an attack on people. This is an attack on a uh, an idea, a philosophy, a movement mm -hmm. that is 
a deception is what it is. Yeah. It's a deception. It's not a it's <laughs> it's not an I have I have haters that hated the hat in here and I have <laughs> it's 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 not it's not a thing in and of its own. It's a reaction to. Um, yeah. Going back to, he's probably not the first, but I think he articulated well. Jonathan Kahn in his book mm-hmm. of mysteries, you know, said uh, putting out there the idea is that uh, darkness is not a thing; is an absence of light. Yeah. You know, falsehood is not a thing. It's it's an absence of the truth. It doesn't, darkness doesn't stand on its own. Cold doesn't stand on its own. Falsehood doesn't stand on its own. It wouldn't exist if the counterpart didn't exist. You can have, you can have light without darkness. You can have truth without falsehood. Uh, you can have heat without cold. But the, the. But you wouldn't know the other without the, the other. The, yeah, these so-called yeah. opposites aren't really opposite forces. They're just absence of those things. And so this whole sexual anarchy thing is is not a thing in and of itself, but it's a it's a rebellion against something that is, because uh, uh, there would be there would be male and female, there would be heterosexuality, there would be human reproduction. There has been for centuries, if no homosexuality bisexuality trisexuality inter whatever you know whatever spirit gender kind of in the 38 flags you can find on wikipedia of the different sexualities i mean if none of those existed there would still be male and female as god created them so all those other things can't be defined in and of themselves as as self-existing things it's people saying well i'm trapped in this body i am this i'm not really this i'm that and you know it's 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 a contradiction to what physically and biologically is and is defined and couched in those terms you can't remove it from traditional binary sexuality because it can't be defined without that you can't define homosexuality without a heterosexuality. You can't define, you know, whatever it is, bi or, you know, this spirit or that. I know they call, you know, whatever. I don't know all the terms. I'm sorry. I should be up on it. But you can't define them outside of... Male and female. Those right. Those are the terms, people. Right. But you can't define uh, those things apart from male and female. Yeah. Created him. And and so it's... I'm getting excited. I talk louder when i get excited but it's yeah it's it's tragic it's tragic that here is this oh we sound like we're two closeted homosexuals according to the dude hey dude what's up dude (laughs) um like we haven't heard that before he's he's not a dude he's the dude oh wait no he isn't he wait should we mock him see the dude 713 Oh, the dude 713. Yeah, okay, yeah. so he's not wait, bad. so we have to, you know, wait, let me look at his profile. The dude 713. Oh, he's so. following through 23 people and has zero followers, and yeah. Mm. Oh, you're so sweet to come in and and, and mock us. You, you know what? You're, you just, he's just fulfilling Bible prophecy by, calling, by picking on us, whatever. I know. You know, mockers and scoffers shall come, and anybody that knows me in bareface knows that we're not gay, just so you know. Yeah. Um... Especially us. Except in the happy way. (laughs) 
we are gay in the happy way. I got to oh. tell you something funny. Oh, this is just a funny thing. So there was a lady. Uh, I, I downloaded the Nextdoor app because, you know, everybody's mm. like, try to get business Nextdoor. So I downloaded the Nextdoor app. I'm sorry. And there's a, <laughs> there's a I know, there's a woman who posted um, uh, a thing. You know, you join, you try to say who you are, right? So she said, I'm gay. And then she goes on to say a whole bunch of other stuff. And I, I didn't see the the name. I could just see what was written. But she capitalized the word gay. And so my first thought was, the first thing she has to say is her name is gay. You know, or her that she's gay. Oh. <laughs> and, and it turned out that was her actual name, name. Was, was gay. And I thought, how sad that you can't even have the name gay without having a negative connotation to it. Oh, negative? <laughs> That always cracks me up. People, people who it shows the it shows the you know it is the it shows the tragedy of it. People who want to say, hey, you know, gay is good and you know is and celebrate it's worth something celebrating and have your coming out party, whatever. There's some people will turn around and say, you're closeted homosexuals. Is that a compliment or is that? Or is that, you know, or is that supposed to be an insult? Or that's so gay. And it's like, okay, is it, what is it? Something to be celebrated or is it some sort of curse? Here's the thing. This is where I stand. I know, I know some gay people. Yeah. And I love As them. Do I. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, my sister-in-law is lesbian. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have gay friends and gay, you know, stuff. But here's the thing, you know, this is what I really believe and. And um, what I really believe is that at the core of that feeling emotional, whatever, however you want to label yourself in that category, is such a deep hurt, whether it's an attachment issue or there's just been some type of violation or, frankly, societal brainwashing that has not been overcome by Holy Spirit, God's word brainwashing. Um, has has is the issue. I believe there's healing for that community. I believe there's healing for anybody who really, really, really wants to deal with that. And frankly, and I'm going to say this, if you're in this community, and I know some of you in particular, and you know who you are, what I'm going to tell you at the root of your deliverance is you need to forgive. That is at the root of your deliverance. If you don't forgive, Whatever that situation is around that issue for you, you're just going to continue to get embittered and be bitter, bitter, bitter. And it could lead to your eternal destruction, right? And, and I know that that's not popular to say, but biblically, it's the absolute truth. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about forgiveness, but the truth is in any type of thing, when any sin has been committed against any of us, if, if we're going to move forward, that has to be an issue. And I say this because I had to deal with this with my own mother. You know, uh, my mom sinned against me in such horrific ways that if I didn't forgive her, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I would be like her. And there's no way I ever wanted to be like her, right? And that forgiveness led to um, her salvation, ultimately, you know, and, you know, Randall can even testify to, the, to that, that there's that salvation. Anybody who's ever really dealt with the root issues of their same-sex attraction and they've really dealt with them, forgiveness is a huge part of that. 
So, you know, that is my exhortation to really pray and be really serious about dealing with that because, you know, you're like, well, I can't forgive that person. You know what? None of us can. That's why we need the Lord, right? So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a very serious issue. So just, that's just something to think about. I say that as your spiritual mommy, okay? So, all right. 820. I want to go 10 more minutes. Or what are your thoughts, sure. Randall? I mean, you've, you've, um, you know, what, what do you, do you agree or disagree with what I just said? Oh, I'm, I agree. And I think, but lately, especially for those, um, under 30, especially those under 20, um, I think it's more a case of the, the indoctrination, the marketing yeah. uh, that, you know, it's, do you want to, I mean, all of us who over that age remember being teen, uh, we were in this weird position where we wanted to be ourselves. We wanted to be, we wanted to stand out by conforming, conforming <laughs> everyone else, right? Yeah, I want that. Ra- I actually had a rainbow shirt. That's really funny. You remember when the rainbow shirts were really popular, and and the vans, you know, um, yeah, vans, shoes, yeah, yeah shoes and. Jordan jeans. I used to work uh, next to the uh, oh. factory. Oh. Anyway. 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 So, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that's what it was. You know, it's like, oh, I want to. I want to be me. I want to be original. I want to be. You know, I want to express myself by conforming to everyone else. I want to wear the. You know, Levi's five hundred ones and have the Nike Alcourt shoes and. Uh, Chose my age, but um, you're getting old, man. You're you're up uh, there. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> be honest. And so that's what it is. Um, I think we see a lot of that today with with teens. It's like, you know, I want to let me myself. Ooh, this, you know, this this transgender thing that's getting a lot of press. It is, you know, a huge way uh, from everything from you know jazz and uh, I don't mean the music. Wish this boy, you know, who goes by the name of Jazz, and anyway, and the, you know, and the um, the drag queen story hours and all this stuff, you know, it's 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 getting a lot of lot of attention, a lot of press, and so it's like, ooh, that's a cool way to, you know, I can stand up that way by conforming to that image. Of course, uh, you know the the scripture that you referenced earlier in this broadcast about being you know with our mind being transformed Romans 12 too. you know before that is uh, be not conformed to the image of the world you know do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by renewing your mind and if why so that you know a good god's good and acceptable and perfect will is yeah and 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 the words there i mean they're different in the english but they're it's a stark difference in the drink in the Greek. The can the conform is about an outward thing, like being pressed into a mold. This is what the world says. Look like this, you know, wear these clothes, do this thing, do this and do not be conformed to this world. The world's saying, This is what you gotta look like, this is what you gotta say, this is what's cool now. But be transformed uh, that's that's an inward process. That comes from the inside, change from the inside out. 
um, where we get our English word metamorphosis, a change in a change of shape or a change of of being. Really, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a becoming a new creature. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, That's why the butterfly is so cool because um, it it was literally a worm, a fuzzy worm, basically. Uh, hmm. And it just goes through this this thing, and poof, it comes out this most beautiful thing. It turns to liquid, basically. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It turns to liquid and reassembles as a... So, Natasha, anyway. did I answer your question? I'm looking down because I'm yeah. looking over there. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and I would... I loved your answer. It's true that, you know, someone who who has been in a marriage, has children, said my, my self-expression... No matter how deeply felt it is, if it's, you know, destroying your family, like you say, destroying the confidence of the children, ripping out the heart of your spouse, if that's more important to you, that you live your true self, that's that that's the pinnacle of selfishness, or darn near the pinnacle of selfishness, in my not-so-humble opinion. I mean, there... I mean, there are people you know that are you know the witness protection program and stuff like that that you know they take on a new identity uh you know and and for the sake of their family they'll do something like that you know and for the safety of their family they won't you know come out and say well this is my true name and you know this is my true hometown that's making a lot of noise just so you know well Um, you know this hat actually has brought in more people to the broadcast. Because yeah. <laughs> they could see, well, I guess up there. A lot of haters. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Tommy Norman gave me this hat, people. Pastor Tommy, which but, has gotten blasted on her show, too. Cause <laughs> yeah, a good answer. And yeah, nothing, nothing. I'm, uh, I lean, when it comes uh, to local funny. politics, I guess. Yeah. I lean libertarian. I mean, if you want to eat sand for every meal that's your business you have the freedom to do that i think it's a bad idea but yeah it is go for it but if you want to talk bring out legislation where every restaurant has to serve sand because that's what you like and and there needs to be you know a federal law to you know teach sand eating in the schools then i'm going to have an issue with that because you know, that's your personal freedom. That's not your personal mandate to, well, you people in your Christianity, you want to... No, we're not looking to legislate Christianity. You know, you have you have the freedom. You have the freedom to talk about sand eating and its virtues, if there are any. Now I feel hungry. You know what? Come and think of it. I didn't <laughs> even eat dinner. Yeah, I didn't either, but... Um, yeah. That's pineapple, but... Um, we should order some DoorDash. Yeah. And then not tip. No, just kidding. <laughs> Watch the first part of the show if you miss miss what I had to say. Yeah. You'll you'll find that funny. Hopefully you'll find that funny. Gosh, oh my gosh. But yeah, and well, how dare you compare, you know, sexual orientation, identification to sand eating? Well, go look up what the CDC has to say about homosexual homies homosexual practice. I'm gonna go look at the stats. It's 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 not good. It's not um it's not good for you. Yeah. Um, so I um I wanna end the show. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up with a pretty bow. Mm-hmm. With good news. Uh, well, but we have some good news. Well, what go I was going to say is, I was going to say thank you for tuning in. Those of you who are our pillars of the community, thank you for donating to the show. You know, ever since we became a five hundred one c three, I have felt um, really really happy that those of you who donate are now getting a tax break for that. Um, and I know that's not why most of you donated before because it's the same people who are still donating. Um, but if you haven't donated to the show and you like what we do, um, it would help us out, you know, if you did. So you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give and that will take you through PayPal and the donation will go through Heart Tug International because that's my nonprofit name. Um, we are also doing a fundraiser for Heart Tug International for my birthday, which happens to be in, in uh, well, about two weeks, October 9th. You, you know, I would love it if you donated to the show as a result of that. Um, if you want to give to our show, I don't ask for a lot. You guys know that. Um, I DoorDash for fun. <laughs> Actually, I do, I'm doing the DoorDash because we need the money. Let's put it that way. I don't want to file for unemployment. Um, and you know, do the governor government assistance thing. I like to work for what we do and, and you know, I sell legal shield. That's another thing. If you need a will, if you want identity theft protection, if you want to learn more about what I actually offer, uh, it's the best product out there. Um, and we all need it. We literally all need what I offer, you know, um, as a company. So message me and say, Hey, I want to learn more. Give, send me info. Okay. Um, and I will do that because even yesterday I was at a networking meeting and I, I mentioned, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll share it with you in ex a, a quick example. So my dad is 92 and he, um, I have to, I have to figure out his burial plans. You know, I mean, unfortunately that's my job. I hate it. I don't like it. It sucks to think that I'm going to have to bury my dad at some point. Um, you know, but I called the attorney yesterday or two days ago to talk to them about what are my rights? What do I need to know? Because he bought a burial plot in another state. And the funeral director told me that, um, that those things can be transferred from one state to another. Well, this plot was bought in the 90s. Okay. So I don't know. But anyway, long story short, the, the attorney told me um, what to do. And she told me that, you know, I could contact the, the cemetery and get a copy of the contract. They will review it. And that will help me with this issue that I'm dealing with, which I still is not resolved because he actually bought a plot in two different states. So I, I need to figure this out. Right. But the cool part was I had a legal issue. I didn't even know it was a legal issue. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Legal Shield up and I'm going to talk to an attorney, tell them what my situation is. And that attorney spent 30 minutes on the phone with me and she listened to what I was sharing. And then she said, this is what I can do for you and this is what you need to do. And if you get a contract, I can review it from you for you and help you. Now, without Legal Shield, I'm not going to spend $150 for that half hour of that person's time. I'm not going to do it. I don't have it. But for 25 bucks a month, $300 a year, I get a year's worth of an attorney with all these services for one hour of an average attorney's time. That's a deal. I mean, that's a massive steal 
$300 for a year is one hour of an attorney's time. And I can use it every single day if I want. I can use it in emergencies. I can use it for a will. I can use it to get, you know, I, I, our identity theft protection is a, is a different product that costs about the same, you know, for less than 50 bucks a month or around 50 bucks a month, you can be fully covered. And then that even covers your businesses and stuff. So all that to say that if you want to support our show, that's another way you can do it. Get that service. It supports you. Many of you have it. You guys are my first customers actually. And for that, I thank you. And by the way, that also leads me to one last thing. And that is if you're a member of mine and you've used your service in any way, whether it was a member perk, you're, you used it for identity theft protection, or you, you use Legal Shield for a reason, um, I want your, I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear what happened. I want to hear what you feel comfortable telling me when you called them up or you got your will done or, or you had a situation where they wrote a letter for you, you know, or they helped you with your identity theft issue or something. Um, or you, you save money with a member perks. I know Mia saved a, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars when she bought a phone using member perks, even beat her military discount. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And that's a perk of being a member. Um, so anyway, get in touch with me. You know where I'm at. If you're not on my text message list, you can text Bible news to 33222. I think that just went down or you can just text me and I can add your phone number to the list. Um, if you're not in my daily disciples group, uh, I encourage you to jump in there. All you gotta do is, is go to Facebook, put in daily disciples. You'll be part of that community that I have, you know, people every day reading. And by the way, today, Tom, Jerry's husband, um, Geraldine, just so you know, there's not a gay couple. Tom read in there and it was so cute. It was so cute. So if you haven't seen Tom's reading yet, you should go see Tom read today for the first time. It was great. Um, and all that. Anyway, tomorrow night we'll be back um, with more news, probably more political news. And um, I hope that you guys have a good rest of your night. Appreciate you tuning in. And as I say, be bold, people. Yeah, you are. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. See you soon. Thank you.